Hey, Adam. Yes, Scott? Why do you always ask me questions? I literally can't answer that because it's not my role on the show. Fair enough. Almost live from an old-timey radio show, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Adam. I'm Scott. And we are your ragtime, tin-voiced hosts. Uh, we just randomly decided to change our roles in the intro. Scott actually just, just sprang that on me, which is why I did, I did a complete hack of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. No, that, it's fine. That was interesting. Yeah. We, let's never do that again. Let's, let's... It felt... <laughs> Wrong. It felt unnatural. I think. Uh, I think we need to do what the kids say, which is uh, keep it real. Yeah, that was not keeping it real. No, that- uh, I think many of our listeners immediately uh, panicked, possibly threw their listening device across the room. Yes, which is a ba- really terrible idea. Uh, yes, they are fragile often, mm-hmm. and um, we are not liable for your not even a conduct. Nope. So uh, go get a new fucking iPod and. Uh, <laughs> And listen to this shit. Well, it's it's great to be back after a, a little bit of a Christmas break. Yes. Uh, well, no, we we were back. We had a Christmas episode. That's right. We had yeah, a holiday yeah. episode. Yeah. Then there was holidays that happened, and that uh, resulted in us taking a, a, a small amount of time off for ourselves. Yes. And then that time extended because uh, we are not good at time management. No, it's absolutely true. And so uh, we're back a little later than we intended. Uh, from a season that started a little later than we intended. <laughs> we, you know what? At least we're consistently off schedule. It's true. We've had, what, two episodes this season so yep. far. Uh, we are the worst. We've actually had three, haven't but we? But we're going to be better. We're going to... That was our New Year's resolution. It's true. Uh, because we are, as previously mentioned, and we are restating it now, going to go long into the summer to yes. make up for the fact that we started so late. Uh, coming back for this season. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear from us in July, and it's going to completely fuck with you guys. Yeah. If you thought us introducing the show weird was crazy, just wait until you're listening to us, like, going into August and wondering if we're ever going to stop. You maybe we won't. I'll, maybe we'll just go straight, straight through to the through. next season. Yeah, and it'll just be season six. So maybe just maybe buy two iPods. Maybe because because you've smashed one. You're going to go buy a new one. And you're going to smash that one in the summer. It's going to be, you're going to be, it's going to be a bad year for technology <laughs> and you. So, uh, Although a good year for technology, according to Deloitte Canada. What did they say? Are they really excited? Uh, well, they, they come out with a uh, kind of a technological trends prediction every okay. year. Yeah. And uh, they say it's going to be a pretty good year, especially for gadgets. So wearable gadgets, especially the the e watches are, are the thing that or the smart watches are the thing that people are really excited about. Yep. I uh, I jumped on that bandwagon uh, long before it was a uh, consumer. You are you are a gadget hipster. I am. I am <laughs> yeah, I'm already. I've already moved on to the the different thing, which is e uh, or smart pocket watches, which is basically an iPhone with a chain on it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I have a Pebble. I got a Pebble. Yep. And, uh, and I've got another one that I, I bought or that I backed on Kickstarter called the Krayos Watch. It's like a, it's, it's a smartwatch as well. It's K-R-E-Y-O-S if you want to check it out. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Well, that's not the only wearable gadget you've got on right now. Yeah, I'm wearing a Fitbit as well. Um, now, Anita has one of those as well. It's not the exact same one. And for the life of me, I've just put myself on the spot. And I don't remember what she has. But she also has one of those. Uh, that you wear on the wrist. Yep. She must have a force. Does it have a clock on it? No. Oh, then she she must if it if she wears it on her wrist, it's got to be a, fl- a flex like mine. It might be. So that might be what it is. Uh, and then basically she plugs it into her phone, yep. or her iPad at the end of the day, and it chronicles all of her fitness levels. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the Jawbone. That's what it is. Yes, the Jawbone. Because you you yep. literally plug it into a device. Yep. This one is all uh, Bluetooth, and I, I don't know the differences really. But one thing that I have noticed is that it seems like a lot of people in Edmonton are, are have devices like this to sort of track their steps and and the calories they burn every day. Indeed, the uh, the so era, Edmontonians are definitely following Deloitte's prediction 
for 2014 that people will be wearing more gadgets. It's interesting because, you know, Edmonton's one of those unique cities that had, or sorry, that has an amazingly large um, social media population. People are people are super active, and I, maybe maybe that correlates with with the wearable gadget thing. That very well might. Well, people like to be plugged in mm-hmm. in this city. They like to be interconnected, and uh, being able to do it on the go seems to be a thing. They're like, into it. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen someone in Edmonton wearing the Google glasses, and I know that they're not commercially available yet. But I'm very surprised there wasn't someone in the city, like a Mac male beta test. You know, I, I agree with you on that. But uh, Paul Letourneau, who is a digital strategist at DDB Canada here in Edmonton, I saw a picture of him on Twitter wearing Google Glass. So, so maybe I just haven't seen yeah. an Edmontonian with them. And maybe it's just one of those pieces of technology that is still t- a little too embarrassing to wear out in public. Well, and again, they're not commercially available. Yeah. It's, it's going to be out this year. Uh, the ones that have been around were kind of like a, an open beta test yeah. that people had signed up for. And you still had um, to pay to, to, to buy them, right? Well, like, yeah, you were essentially, you were buying it early. Yeah, yeah. And they were releasing a small amount to work out the kinks, as sure. I understand it. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a um, like how video games nowadays, if you're a PC gamer, you can uh, get early access. You essentially buy the game early mm-hmm. and play it during its beta stage. In fact, there, was a, there were a couple people in town who got beta access to the massively multiplayer Elder Scrolls game, apparently, last week. And it was uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Neil, who, uh, who is darling and wonderful. Hello, Neil. Uh, he got a chance to play test the thing, and I guess he said it was buggy as hell. It was, the world looked nice, but it was, it was really buggy. And what they were doing was they only had access to it for a week to test server loads. So they were told to go on there and do as much stuff as possible and try to break the servers. Um, I think they did because he said at one point halfway through the week he just couldn't log in anymore. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so Edmontonians and technology. This is this is a common theme that continues in 2014. Indeed, that is our prediction. That is the unknown studio technology trend prediction. That's right for the city of Edmonton for 2014. And that prediction is stay the course. <laughs> yes, continue <laughs> to use technology because it brings us all together. And you know what else is bringing people together, Scott? What? The weather. We've spoken about the weather <laughs> literally every episode it's since been, we've come it's back. It's been kind of ridiculous. But the weather has been ridiculous. And it is something that everyone is talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had... Uh, God- First, there was the polar vortex. Yep. That came down into the southern United States. Yep. And at one point, uh, towns in Alberta had higher temperatures than towns in Nevada. Yep. There was, uh, there was a day... A few weeks ago, were the only states that were above what we would consider above zero, and they would consider above a whatever, million. I don't know, a whatever Fahrenheit. the Fahrenheit equivalent is. Uh, I'm not going to do the math off. Forty? Is it forty? That sounds right. Um, were Florida and Hawaii? That's insane. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but it is true. Yeah. And now it's like March is here. I know. It's late January, and the snow is melting. The wind is warm. The wind is warm. Yeah, that's actually been real, a real treat because anytime I hear there's, there's going to be gusting wind, I just, you know, you brace yourself and you get outside. Yeah, but it's January. I know. You're used to the bracing wind also cutting directly to your bones yeah. and freezing you from the inside out. That not, not the case. No. no, no, it's been lovely. It's been quite lovely. I mean, my only complaint is that uh, I'm trying to be more of a pedestrian these days. And the puddles, uh, there. I mean, walking isn't that bad. It's the cars driving past, and they sometimes they just can't avoid the puddles. Well, no, because the puddles are immense. Yeah, and they're everywhere uh, because of all the tremendous windrows that we built up due to the uh, two months of compacted all at once winter that we had. Yeah, that apparently is over. And climate change is is a not thing. a thing. Nope, <laughs> it's, it's totally, totally made up. Al yeah. Gore made it up to win an Oscar. That is and not And the Nobel happening. Prize. Yep, yeah. not a thing that's happening. And he actually also won, uh, predicted it or claimed it so that he could build a really nice PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, basically, that yeah. was That was his thing. Uh, now, my concern is, if we're having this lovely weather in January, does it continue straight through? Has spring just, is spring just happening oh, earlier now? I think or are we about to plunge back into a frigid, horrific wasteland of... Siberian-like wasteland. Well, the uh, the wise old people that ride up and down elevators in my building with me, uh, I, I guess you'd call those neighbors, um, 
they predict that it will get really fucking cold. And they seem to be basing this. I've heard a few of the of the lovely old ladies say they read it in the farm, Farmer's Almanac that it was going to be cold. Fun fact. Okay. The Farmer's Almanac is made up of 100% BS. <laughs> Uh, they have gone on record saying they make it up. What? I don't think they even look back over trends. Really? Yeah. Well, they're just a bunch of farmers putting together an almanac. I don't even think it's actual farmers. It's just dudes I think it is dudes who write it, basically. And they have four years. But... So it's almost like astrology. it It is less scientific than what meteorologists do. Which is... Pretty damn scientific. And they actually use computer models and trends and analytics. And rap music. And I mean, well, yeah, well obviously. We know that at least Josh Klassen it's does. It's true. And so, I mean, yes, they're making a prediction, but they're making an educated guess. The Farmer's Almanac people just go, eh, it'll probably be cold in January. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, okay, so not reliable. The old people in my building are just that. They're old. But, I mean, looking, you know, at, uh, at uh, the, the weather website for the government of Canada, it's, it's warm straight yeah. through. Like, it's just going to keep well, being warm. Well, the seven-day forecast, at yeah. least. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if these guys, do these guys do a 14-day? Probably not. Whatever. <laughs> it's going to be warm. It's going to keep being warm. It seems like uh, up until nearly the end of January. Yeah, at least. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm not as okay with that. I'm troubled by it. What do you mean? Like, I, no, don't misunderstand. I have skin, so I, I enjoy the warm you. weather. I have noticed that about you. So I do enjoy the warm weather. But on the other hand, it's unnatural. It shouldn't be this warm this time of year. It, and that that troubles me. It is peculiar. It, you know, when, when we, we shouldn't have had drop? We shouldn't have had a year and a half worth of snow in two months. Yeah. And then minus 40 temperatures and then spring. In the span of three months. It's, that that seems unusual to me, and I am troubled by it. Yeah, well, just wait. After, after according to this forecast, I'm sure after January 25th, it's going to be a giant clusterfuck. <laughs> Again. Again. And then but will we'll, it be a warm one or a cold one? I think it'll be a cold Therein one. Therein lies the I mean, question. I mean, you know, January is supposed to be one of our coldest months, is it not? Usually speaking. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, and I guess this warm temperature has a lot of the... Uh, uh, prowlers out uh, harassing women, particularly down in Terwilliger Town. This this has been yes. a problem. Uh, well, I would assume that most prowlers would prowl regardless of the temperature. If one they has would just an urge bundle up to prowl, yes, uh, more warmly to prowl in the cold than they would in in the warm. Yeah, I assume. And so, so these these assaults happen, and city police said. You know, uh, don't walk alone, don't walk down alleys, alleys are for cars. And this caused a whole hullabaloo online. It certainly did. People started shouting phrases like victim blaming and, you know, I should be able to walk wherever I goddamn want. And they are absolutely right. Yes. And they have absolutely blown this out of proportion. I agree. I agree. Um, Everyone needs to take a chill pill. Mm -hmm. The police misspoke. Yeah. They did not uh, phrase that... Uh, bit of advice in a diplomatic fashion. Agree. And yes, it does come across a little, shall we say, victim blamey. Yeah. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You should have known better. It's your fault you were groped by a strange man. Eh, that's unfortunate. Yes. On the other hand, the police meant well mm-hmm. when they gave that advice. And I think that a lot of people perhaps have uh, blown it way out of proportion. And attacking the police over that advice is not going to help the situation. And it's not going to help catch the guy who's attacking these women, or for that matter, protect the women who are being attacked. Would I, would so, I, I mean, both sides maybe need to calm down. Yes. And maybe focus on the real problem, which is not the police's inability to communicate uh, but is more actually that a man is attacking women in Terwilliger Town. I, I totally agree. And I, but what I think it, I think what it points to is a, probably a frustration on the parts of many women and men who who simply feel like our streets should be safer. And 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 that's that seems to be. And what that's also saying. that is certainly a fair point as yeah. well. But on the other hand, but on the other hand. Don't disregard the police's advice. No, and they've got a limited budget. They can't be everywhere at once. And. Again, they they meant well. They wanted to give practical advice. Yeah. 
they did it in a poor fashion. Agreed. The The message that we would like to relate to you all is to just know what's going on around you. Yeah. And look out for your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a dick. And if you want to walk down an alley, go ahead. But maybe bring someone with you. I, I or, don't know. <laughs> or look over your shoulder a couple times. <laughs> don't listen to headphones. Walk fast. Yeah, walk fast. Have the keys in your hand. Get ready to, to, to combat somebody. Bring a we sword. We do not advocate vigilante justice. But we do think you should all have loaded weapons with you. <laughs> we think that's important. That's the only way they're going to catch this guy. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm saying, I cannot stress enough <laughs> that we do not advocate vigilante justice. <laughs> Has Scott told you lately how irresponsible I am? Uh, I am telling you right now how irresponsible Adam is. Don't listen to anything that I say. So uh, keep doing great work, Edmonton Police Service, and everyone just calm down and look out for each other, yeah. I think is basically what we're saying. More or less. Now, um, speaking of crime analytics in Terwilliger Oh, yes. Uh, you were showing me just before we started some interesting maps yes. that had been posted. Yeah. Um, in the vein of SimCity analytics, uh, except about the city of Edmonton, where um, a blogger... And I, I don't know whom you're going to have to fill me in on that. Sure. Uh, has basically crunched some numbers and created some overlays over the map of Edmonton showing uh, where uh, household incomes are and where uh, uh, violent crimes happen and where hospital coverage is. The way that you would, in a game of SimCity, see how effective and how uh, how good your city is, except with our city. Yeah, now... And I thought that was very neat. Yeah, so the, so the fellow's name is Michael Ross, and he's got a website uh, called Extreme Engineering, and uh, he doesn't post that often, but when he does, it's usually quite excellent. He did some analysis around the election as well. It was pretty interesting. Uh, if anyone's interested in checking it out themselves, go to MikeRobe007.ca. And what he's done is... Um, He's taken some of the info from the city of Edmonton's open data catalog. Uh, da- sorry, open data is it's data, uh, and he's and he's sort of plotted the, those data points on these sort of heat maps. So, for example, he's got this great map for household income that shows basically that from central moving out into the southwest of the city, that's where most people are rich, basically, uh, or richer than everyone else. Um, He's got uh, a map that shows a similar trend around property assessment value, which makes sense, right? The wealthier folks living on wealthier property. Uh, Road and sidewalk conditions. He he admits um, that he doesn't know what scale is being used to measure the conditions, but it peaks at 20. And he suspects that higher numbers are good, and that's all that he can figure out. So on this map that he's showing us, uh, good roads are blue and bad roads are wet are red. And we're seeing some red sort of just east south uh, of the center of the city and just east near, uh, I don't know if that's like 118th Avenue or something like that, more, more red dots. So yeah. it's just kind of neat to see. All these different data points and, and how Edmonton's Yeah, doing. and it's, it's an interesting way to kind of visualize um, some of the trends that are happening around the city. And uh, it's very interesting. So if, if you're interested in those kinds of uh, data points and analytics, even if you're just curious to kind of see what where the trends are in our city for education or homelessness or what have you, uh, that's an interesting thing to check out. So once again, that website is... Uh, Mike Robe. 007007.ca. So definitely check him out. He's a, he's a very interesting cat. And you can follow him on Twitter as well if you go to his website. He does have what he's called Neighborhood Awards. And based on his data, he says that the best place to live is Donsdale, which is in the West End. The worst place to live is Macaulay. Which, which shouldn't surprise anybody, really. Close to the center. I mean, there's a lot of supportive housing and that sort yeah. of stuff in that area. The average Edmonton experience would happen in Cahewin. Is Am I saying that right? I, that sounds correct. I'm, I'm not even really... I think that might be a northeast, northwest neighborhood. I'm not sure. The silliest name for a neighborhood is Garapy. Because it's, it's spelled strangely. And the least original name? Anything with West in it. Now, speaking of awards... Mm-hmm. There is a prestigious uh, one-year-old award. That's right. That is coming back this year. Yeah. That uh, uh, you and I had a a role in the creation of. That's right. 
And uh, I think uh, that that is a, a very natural segue into talking about the Yeggies. The second annual Yeggies are, are happening uh, sometime in May. Um, I'm, of course, on the organizing committee. We're not sure when in May yet. We, we need to find a location and figure all that stuff out. But nominations are open. So if you know of a uh, local website or uh, internet personality or podcast mm-hmm. that deserves to be nominated for an award, uh, you should definitely go to the Yegi's website. Yeah, yeggies.com. And uh, fill out the nomination form and get those in. Uh, sooner, The sooner the better. Yeah, in basically. fact, nominations close uh, the last day of February. So uh, you still have plenty of time yep. as of the point that you're listening to this. But again... The sooner the better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, nominate the uh, the creators in our city. The best the and The people brightest. who are innovating, the people who are uh, creating online content. Yeah. And uh, that way they can get recognized. And we will, we will fate them in, in the spring. It'll be, it'll be glorious. Yes. And F- F-E-T-E, fate. With, with, a, with a chapeau yeah. on it. Yes. And uh, actually, as of today, as of this very moment, the recording of this podcast, we already have 69 nominations. Which is excellent. Yeah. And last year, the total number of nominations was, uh, I think, 216. So we're well on our way. And it would be great if there were more oh, yeah. nominations this year. Yes. Now, can someone win two years in a row? Yes. There is There is nothing preventing someone from winning uh, two years in a row. Um, members of the organizing committee, if they're affiliated with uh, anyone or anything that's nominated, cannot win. So unfortunately, Scott, the Unknown Studio cannot win. It, it can be nominated, but it will be disqualified. Now, the irony is <laughs> um, the Yeggies came about from a group of people who were like, oh, we do all this awesome creative stuff online. It would be great if uh, we and other people like us could get the recognition we feel they deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's uh, Last year, there were some criticisms that the Yeggies was just a big self-congratulatory circle jerk. Well, now, every award show is. And every award show is. And that's certainly not what the intention was behind it. It was to recognize people that uh, we felt deserved getting recognition. And we won't lie... In a slightly circle jerkish fashion, we felt that we were amongst the people who should get some recognition. Yeah, we, we would love that. And then by organizing the awards, uh, effectively rendered ourselves unable to get that recognition. Yeah, we, uh, we realized very early on and, in the process. Uh, and so. Trent Wilkie, also amongst those people, yeah. uh, who would have loved to have gotten one of those awards <laughs> and is completely incapable of getting one. No, and in fact, uh, still won't be able to this year because, because Trent he will host. hosting yeah. again, yes, yeah, which is why I brought him up. Actually. He's organizing the whole the whole show, everything you see on the stage this year, which he did last year as well. And, and it was a very entertaining it was show. Fun. It was It was uh, well-paced, I felt. Thank you. Uh, it uh, had hilarious moments. Uh, it, was, it was well put together. And uh, if... Trent had a hand in organizing last year. He did. And he is organizing it again this year. I can say from experience, it will be another fantastic show. It and it'll al- be worth checking it out. It almost certainly will, yes. Yeah, so uh, please make sure that you nominate people uh, and and properties, and, uh, and it'll be a hell of a show in May. I think we're going to do it in May again. It'll be great. And probably all the same people will be winning it. Probably. <laughs> well, actually, That's you know not what? True. I've seen quite a few different... Uh, different um, I don't know what to call them. Social media things pop up, stuff that I didn't know about, uh, or that might be new, or that simply they weren't aware of the, the Yeggies last year. So I think it'll be really interesting. It'll be really interesting. So yeah, go to yeggies.com and nominate someone today. The uh, Toronto uh, civic election, which doesn't happen for, I don't know, another like 10 months or something like that, is already getting interesting. Even more interesting than it already was. And it was already pretty interesting because... Um Oh, there was something that that happened there involving the mayor. Um, uh, it was something about. Dr- it was pretty low key. Was I don't know if you heard about it, but he, uh, he, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford admitted that he had smoked crack cocaine. He did while in a drunken stupor, while he was the mayor of Toronto. Yeah. Um, somehow he has not been. Just politically eviscerated. And I don't know why that is. Um, Because I would go so far as to say that any other politician in North America would not have survived 
any of this, any one of the many layers of scandal that have been uh, afflicting him essentially since last summer. And I can tell you exactly the reason for that. It is because Rob Ford lacks the part of his brain that has any amount or that 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 conveys any amount of shame to the rest of him. He he and his brother, Ugh. I will put them in the same boat. Absolutely. Uh, seem to believe that any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. There is no such thing as bad attention. And so they are literally... Nah, not literally, because I would be misusing the word literally. Sure. But they are metaphorically milking this for all that it is worth. Yeah. And they're trying to make hay out of it. And regardless of my opinion of him as a man, and it's a pretty low opinion, I won't lie, because <laughs> he is... Uh, a monster? He has done some terrible things. Yeah. Um, I would be... I would be outraged if he were to get reelected as mayor of Toronto. And he intends to run. Oh, yeah. Entirely because it means that someone who does the things that he does can get away with it. And it would set a terrible precedent for politics in our country. Agreed. And like a, a terrible precedent that is worse even than American politics. Yeah. Because he would not be electable in American politics. And yet, if he were to be reelected in Canada, shame on Toronto and shame on the rest of us. Yeah. And that is no word of a lie. I would be ashamed. I don't, I thought for a while that he would get reelected, but I don't, I simply cannot believe that he will. I just, I don't think that the people he, who voted for him last time are really going to show up this time. No. I just don't think that there, it's not, he's not, um, the narrative's shifted, obviously. Like, he's not stopping the gravy train this time. He is literally driving it through other people's homes. Yeah, he's drinking the gravy train. Yeah, yeah he is. And, uh, and you know, whereas his base might be really whipped and, and they'll support the hell out of him, I just think the the The, the voters, swing voters. The swing voters probably will just stay home. Way, no. Yeah. And I think that people living in the 416, uh, the, the sort of, Toronto proper are going to make sure that they vote and vote for any other candidate. And I certainly hope they do. Yeah. So uh, the reason that I wanted to bring this up, there's been a lot of speculation around uh, Olivia Chow, who, uh, Jack Layton's uh, wife, uh, running for as the mayor, and uh, now apparently a white supremacist by the name of Don Andrews has dumped his name into the hat. Now, obviously, we don't endorse anybody in a in a uh, mayoral election in Toronto because we are not Torontonians, and, and we and we don't know that much about their politics. and we don't we don't know much about them, so we cannot endorse anybody. Um, but I'm just going to say that maybe the white supremacist is not the right person. To we we will not. We we're not going to endorse. We're emphatically not endorsing the white supremacist. That's right, though. In addition, we are not endorsing anybody. Else. That is correct. That is absolutely one hundred percent correct. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be something. Wow, if given the choice between Rob Ford and the white supremacist, yikes! Yeah, uh, vote Olivia Chow. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out. The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. We should take a moment. Yes. To thank a person. Two people. Do, is it two people? We, we have we have sponsors now. Oh, I thought you what? guys were going to thank your, yourselves or each other there. Great job, Scott. Yep, we do a great job. Adam, <laughs> you as well. Yeah. And you too, Adam. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> uh, who will be joining us in just a moment. Yes. Uh, but is uh, sitting with us right now. 
so you you'll get a full introduction in a minute. Yeah, I've you're, ruined this. You're part. just in the you're just in the background. <laughs> it's all good. You're just in the background. Nothing is ruined. Nothing is no. fucked. You would here, dude. you no, would not ruined. be the first guest to pipe up during our. This is the show. worst. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I'm not even going to stick around for the rest of this. All right. Uh, we should take a moment. Yes. However, yeah. to thank two people. Then. Two. Uh, obviously, the first one, uh, someone who we've been thanking. Ad nauseum, really. Yeah. Since practically the beginning. That's because he's supported us since practically the beginning of it's the show. It's true, and and we are thankful for that. It is, of course, Owen the Dumbledore esque yeah. headmaster of Guru Digital Arts College, Owen, Owen Briarly, who now has a mustache. It's very strange. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> You're not supposed to be able to see that shit on a podcast, but yeah, no. Owen's been supporting the show nearly since nearly the beginning, uh, and he is the. Executive Director of Guru Digital Arts College, a fantastic place to learn digital illustration and design, uh, 3D animation, and video game level design. That and actually, they just, they just graduated a whole class on the weekend. So that means they have space for more students. More students. So you should check them out if you are thinking about changing careers and you are interested in the digital arts. Uh, go to gurudigitalarts.com. That's right. And uh, check it out. Or you could just uh, visit them in person. At, uh, They'd the Mercer, show you around. At the Mercer Building. At the historic Mercer Building. Yeah. In downtown Edmonton. It's made of brick. That's right. So much brick. And we have a second sponsor. We have a new now, sponsor. The truth is, I have been aware of this prior, uh, because it's been something that's been in the works for a while. I was unaware that the trigger had been pulled, though. So this is a surprise to me. We signed it. That we can finally We signed a document. This. Yes. That's right. Yeah, the, uh, the, the fine folks at Oodle Noodle are sponsors of the Unknown Studio now. If you've never eaten at Oodle Noodle, fuck you. It is actually quite outstanding. Um, check them out at oodlenoodle.ca. They've got five locations across Edmonton. They've and we're going to list them all right now. They've got one in Clairview. They've got two downtown. They've got one in the West End. They have their White Avenue location. They also can be found in Leduc and Spruce Grove. It's goddamn amazing. It is. And did you know, Scott, that they deliver? They do. They, you in fact, delivered on New Year's Eve. Did Late they? into the night. And I know that because I got a retweet from them when I thanked them for doing that. Wow. Not because they delivered me noodles, just in general. Someone <laughs> sacrificed their New Year's Eve so you could have noodles. And, and that deserved a shout out if on Twitter. You, if you want Oodle Noodle to bring the heat, call 780-278-7877. That's a lot of numbers. You can also find them at oodlenoodle.ca. Uh, we've got a we've got a fantastic guest in the studio today. Yes, um, we do. A fellow by the name of Adam McGale, the creator of the Pub Radio. Now, if you haven't listened to uh, the show yet, you can check it out at thepubradioseries.com. But uh, we've got a little clip here that we're going to roll for you. We should forewarn you. Yes, that uh, Pub Radio is on its website advertising itself as the most offensively delicious radio series you've ever heard. <laughs> so. If you think you've heard offensive material on this show before, and Adam cannot control his swearing. Fuck shit, damn cunt. <laughs> I'm glad the first C-bomb's out. <laughs> all right, we're all on a roll here. Pre prepare Perfect. yourself. Here's the clip. I hear you, but I still don't get cocked cheap. Fuck Groimsley. You're a goddamn medical professional. It's a spiritual control exercise where you gather your soul's energy into a, an invisible ball. Ball, ball, ball. Cleanses your spirit. Calms you. Cock chi is different, though. It's still energy, but it's in your cock. Ugh. It manifests as negative energy. Fear, vanity, self-doubt, all that more of shit. Gathering your cock chi is a different process. You need to gather it from the shaft of your cock. Be careful not to touch it, though. Don't you fucking touch it. Just gather from around it and bring that negative energy into a ball. A, a, a fucking third ball. Trap that negative energy there, let it build until the pressure mounts, and then... Release into one explosion. Voila. You'll be able to fuck anything. And we're back. Holy shit. <laughs> All that swearing. It's unbelievable. So, so Adam, you set out to make this series. What was the inspiration behind it? Well, you know, I've always enjoyed uh, radio series like radio sitcoms. Well, actually not radio sitcoms. I hate radio sitcoms <laughs> for the most part. They're mostly crap. But... Uh, to be honest, when I go, I, I jog in the mornings, I take my dog out, and I have always listened to uh, old radio shows from like the 40s and the 50s, and mostly just horrors, because horrors are, they kind of stand up a lot better over time. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to write radio horrors, but uh, 
they say, you know, kind of start writing what you know. And like I do write uh, as a as a living, but it's like radio commercials and crap. So it's not it's barely writing. Right. It's, sure. it's, anybody can write about zero percent financing on <laughs> a new Honda Civics for 84 months. OAC, all, all that shit. We have to cram so much garbage into those. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all crap. Uh, uh, hopefully not too many people I write for are listening to it and going. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that the, your clients will not listen to our show. Well, apparently one of your clients is a... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> one of your sponsors <laughs> I make the ads for. But that, that client... That one's really good. That though. one's great, Those yeah. are really good commercials. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed the, the genre, and it's really sad that it's kind of, well, for what I thought, gone away. I guess there is some around. I've done a little research. Uh, it's always kind of existed in the BBC, like BBC Radio 4 has yeah. a lot of it. But yep. uh, to be honest, uh, I've never really gotten into any of the new ones and so on. So I figured, hey, I'd, I'd start writing how I know. So uh, working in a radio station, we have a lot of perverted, horrible, <laughs> awful, wonderful conversations. They're just tanks of deprivation, aren't they? Exactly. Stations? They're full of fantastic people. And uh, <laughs> so there's a big treasure trove of disgusting, wonderful things to talk about. So I kind of just took those things and... Uh, I remember uh, being, uh, my wife and I were watching TV and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do because I knew I wanted to do something like this. I've wanted to do it for years. And uh, I was drunk probably. <laughs> and so was she. And I was trying to figure out an easy way for me to start. And I was like, well, why don't I just write some of the stuff? So it's kind of almost like, a, it's almost stand-up comedy material that gets turned into a functioning plot. Uh, but it's just a bunch of guys sitting around the table like this, drinking like anybody does in the pub, having those ridiculous conversations that I think everybody has that experience where you sit around and go, you know, this should be recorded. This should be really good. I <laughs> yeah. think that's probably why you guys got into doing this type of stuff. That too, is exactly right? correct. Because everyone yes. thinks they're super interesting, right? Yes. And right. I like to think I'm more interesting than most. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and we know we're more interesting. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why we're all in this room together, I know. Right? basically. Yeah. It's, it's amazing in here. So you took, you took some of the, the depraved conversations you were having and yeah. you, you turned it into this radio show and and things happen around the four main characters yeah basically for the most part most of it happens within the pub that's why it's called the pub uh everything kind of ends up linking together all the conversations they're talking about uh, uh and by the end usually it'll be a big zinger by the end that'll bring the 25 minutes or so together but there's always parts where they're talking about the the ridiculous conversations about you know who's the Who's the oldest celebrity celebrity that you'd want to bang? You know, yeah, important things like Im that. Important life and things. The kind of philosophy that really only gets debated in the pub. That's I right. Shameful important stuff. I would say, yeah, very important stuff. So, how did you develop these? You've got these four main characters: Craig, Kevin, Groimsley, and Morris, and and they've all got very unique traits. Though, one of them. Sounds a little bit like you, you know, radio salesman, that sort of thing. So, so how did you develop the character? A lot of them are basically, well, firstly, uh, even almost all of the disgusting things we talk about on the show are things we've really talked about, uh, friends of mine at the radio station or just throughout life. Sure. Uh, so most of the characters are really based on people I know. They might be based on a few people I know. Uh, the guy who plays Morris actually is basically who he is on the show. I make him more pathetic. I know he's never going to listen to this. He doesn't attend <laughs> to. So I can say whatever I want about it. But he's a, I do dial up some of the patheticism of him. But he's kind of the moral compass of the show, too. The one guy that dissents uh, anything that's horrible. And everybody else is just a loose cannon. Sure. Uh, the perverted uh, guy is Kevin. He's, he's perverted, but he's also very lovable somehow. Yeah, you, you've actually described him on your site as the kind-hearted sexual deviant next door. I, I don't know. Everybody loves him. <laughs> it's a good thing it, I did. I wrote this series. I wrote one episode, and then the uh, four of us came out, and we recorded it so I could see how it went. So I produced one. The first episode I produced... Uh, like seven months before I did anything else. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And then I kind of was able to listen to it and see who was really good. And I think that guy was excellent. So I started writing more and more disgusting stuff around him to say, because it was he just delivered it so <laughs> so well. So that's where they kind of got root. So it, it, it's kind of based on the guy that does it a bit. It's based on a few other people in my life. But nobody I know is really that disgusting. No, Nobody I know, I should always say, nobody I know has ever shared a dildo with their mom. That is not one of the real stories. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if they have, I'm fairly certain they wouldn't admit to it. There's a life lesson in there. Though, I think too, I feel like you know, there you know. is, yeah. <laughs> so now you're, you're being very careful not to uh, 
shall we say, out the people who play cast members. Uh, yeah, there's there's a fair amount of secretive people. Uh, okay. Some of them you may even recognize just because, you know, I've, I work with radio, within radio, so there's going to be people I know that are within, that do radio and yeah. so on. So I, I, I only shared people's names if they were completely comfortable with it because not everyone's like me that's okay with putting their name on something like that. Which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Now, now, how did you do the casting for it? Did you did you put out a call among your friends or did you just say you, you, you? A little bit of all. In, in the beginning, uh, there's people I wanted to, to do it and uh, everybody I wanted said, sure, let's do it. And that cool. was before I even wrote anything. I was just saying, I think I'm going to do this. You guys want to go on it? And they probably all went, yeah, sure. Like, that's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to write all that 12 episode sitcom. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then it came up and like, fuck you guys, you have to do it. Now. <laughs> uh, for the rest of them, I, I put out a call on a on a a radio-specific uh, uh, job posting site called Milkman Unlimited. And uh, I got a couple people on that, but in the end, I ended up being too uh, hands-on. I didn't really enjoy having people send me their parts from afar because it never really turned out the way I wanted. So mostly it's just people I know that I work with and uh, bring them in. Some people play multiple people, but right. it's not quite noticeable, especially okay. since it's radio, you know, who's going to hear. Exactly. And, and so when you, when you actually did the recording, did you bring everybody together in the same place to do so that? So how it worked, for the most part, uh, it's just three of us doing it live. Okay. Even uh, like the, the person who plays Morris, uh, he came in for two or three episodes to do it live. Uh, but for the most part, it was me, the guy who plays Grimesley, and the guy who plays Kevin. And we would run through them only... Basically, sometimes we did it twice, sometimes we did it once. And just reading, reading just the script. read the script. Actually, those guys never even read the script before they went in, <laughs> to be honest, which is a surprise. It turned out so well. They really found that very amusing. But actually, I never stopped them from doing it because it always sounded really great. Oh, good. And we would just stop down and start from something else if it wasn't going quite the way we want. But otherwise, it was really easy. You know, we all kind of do voicing and stuff for a living, so it wasn't too hard to direct. We're all depraved individuals, so it wasn't too hard to wrap our heads around. So that, that, yeah, it was just three of us around, and then I would go in and I would record completely separate with people and bring in their parts and just edit it myself later. Wow. So 12 episodes, uh, you, you did one and then waited a little while and did the rest. Mm-hmm. How long did it take to get all this stuff done and out there? I started writing in February of last year. Oh, wow. And uh, it probably took me six or seven months, really. Uh, I, I still had a couple to... I released the show on October 15th, and the finale was about a week ago now, probably about two weeks ago now. Wow. Uh, so it really didn't take that long, surprisingly, especially the, the writing's the hardest part. And then production is kind of what I've done for a living for a long time. So it was fun to do. Producing a whole show sometimes would take four or five hours for a simple one. Some of them later on in the series get, series get very, very fantastical and uh, have a lot of production going on within it. So those ones took a couple of days. But yeah. otherwise... Yeah, a lot quicker than I thought. That's awesome. Now, have you found the uh, internet audience has been receptive to the show? Uh, slowly, yeah. It's, it's hard to get people to listen is one of the bigger things. Oh. There's so much stuff out there. Totally. So uh, there's lots of days when a Tuesday will come around and you're like kind of depressed and oh, you've got 10 listens and so on. <laughs> but, you know, anybody I get onto it, it, it it's kind of uh, snowballed a bit. It's still not like it's getting huge amounts of people listening to it. Uh, I think it's a really good uh, show, and it'll have its time. You just have to keep on. Well, and the the benefit of the internet is it's there. Yeah, it'll be there for so good. So it's not like it was. Oh, I, we broadcast on Sunday, and ten people listened, and uh, yeah, we exactly. might as well just hang ourselves in the coat room now. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, you have a coat it's room? out there, <laughs> and and it's. It, Something people can discover, yeah, uh, or can listen to and then tell all their friends about it and have a laugh about it. So, yeah, that's For sure. one of the benefits of the internet. Well, and you know, I've seen uh, uh, the reason that I found out about it is uh, through a mutual friend of ours, and and for whatever reason, because he sort of got my um, got my attention on it, I started to notice people were talking about it. And this, I think it was this past week, you didn't release one because you're done this season. And uh, there were people who were like, shit, you know, what am I going to do? It's Tuesday and there's no pub radio. Well, yeah. I guess I'll just have to go back there and, and uh, listen from the beginning again, mm-hmm. which, which is, is cool. really cool. It's, it's awesome getting that. Just yeah. a, a few people. Like, to be honest, it was the most selfish thing I've probably ever done putting this together because <laughs> it, it really was all for me. And it was getting all friends to, to – there's people on the show that, have, that are on every episode that haven't heard it yet. You know, Seriously. They're, they're kind of just doing it because it would be fun uh, – 
to do it, you know, and they just haven't gotten around to it. So it takes a while to get people to really listen. But uh, I say it was kind of a selfish thing because the whole thing about it was uh, I didn't really care too much if it gets out there that much. And to this point, it really hasn't gotten out there that, that much. So but, you haven't really been pushing it like crazy, have you? I pushed it a little bit, but uh, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I never want to put like money behind it or anything. I just word of mouth is fine, and if it slowly grows, great. But really, the whole point was to do it. I yeah. want to do this, and it doesn't matter if it becomes an enormous thing. I, I don't need this to turn into some Oscar movie or something <laughs> to to be a success. I, I find it it's a success once you have it created and you just enjoy the fact that you made it. If anybody listens to it, that's a huge bonus, and it's kind of cool when people I don't even know are saying something back. It's not a ton of people, but Hey, more man. and more, it's happening. One, it's really one person. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that feels really, really good to, to see that kind of thing. Because I don't think it's easy to ask someone to listen to something that's a half hour long that, that they don't initially have any care to listen to. It. That's where we started. We started yeah. but with an hour long show. And it took us, we're on our fifth year now. And, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. slowly but steadily we've built this audience yeah, so. i think it's just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it so. and and keeping at it too yeah now did you do uh any research prior to putting the show together did you listen to other um similar podcasts and and kind of see what was out there not really because i don't think there is that much out there i found a few since uh, uh i've been listening to to we are live which is a, a zombie uh Sitcom, uh, not sitcom. Sorry, a zombie drama. Okay, but it's made in the radio theater style. I think somebody should make a zombie sitcom. For the record, I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. I have like a, an episode written of one already. Oh, there you go. Cool. I, have, I have a whole bunch of different ideas that I'd like to chase down. Like it, like I, I am starting to write some stuff for season two of uh, of the pub. Cool. But there's way more things that I want to do with, and there's there's so much stuff you could do, and it, it gives everybody a chance to be a little bit of a star too when they show up and get to voice this and like how cool is it going to be 20 years from now listening back and going and being you know ashamed of the stuff that, you <laughs> that was supposed to be our war of the worlds yeah but there's That's there's what... there's a ton of stuff that i'd like to do i'd really like to get into horrors and yeah stuff as well but it's it's fun writing depraved comedy <laughs> but yeah I, I can't really say that i found too many other uh radio sitcoms that are like this that are more uh, this isn't to rub my own balls. It's the only way I can think of describing it, but more HBO type thing where you can say whatever you want. Because I can say whatever I want because I wrote it and I produced it and I made it with my own uh, studio and all that. You totally. Know, nobody, nobody could say, hey, you can't say that. No, I'll say whatever I want. Yeah. Screw it. So no concerns that this could impact your employment? No, not at all. God, I work in radio. Christ, <laughs> they should love it. <laughs> Give me a break. This guy knows what he's doing. Look, he made the show. That's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're working on, you're, you said you're already starting to write season two. Yeah, I just finished uh, writing the first episode the other day. And is, so. it, is it getting, like, I don't know what your process is like. I don't know how easy you find it, but is it getting easier? Is it, it, does inspiration strike really quickly? Yeah, it gets way easier as you go along. The thing that I screwed up is stopping at all because really? I, I did it. I, I should have produced everything while I was writing. Uh, I didn't do that because I wanted some stuff to. Uh, the good thing about that was I could write stuff in episode eleven and go, "Well, you know what? It would be really cool if I hinted towards this in episode two. So it was cool that I did that. But uh, I think in the future I just want to keep writing and writing and writing because you find that you just get better and better at it. Like uh, when I listened back to episode 12 before I released it, I was kind of surprised that I had wrote that because it gets so much better as it goes. I listened to the first few and I still like the first few episodes. Yeah. But as you get used to writing, they become better and better and better. And it's like a muscle. And if you're not flexing that, then it kind of goes away. But, so it's a little, it was a little bit harder to get going again, but it is, it did pick up eventually that... I'm getting the idea of what I was doing again, getting my practices back. Totally. But if I, I never stop, I, well, I'll probably become the greatest writer in the world. I'll be the next Shakespeare. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. <laughs> we can say we met Adam McGill, the next Shakespeare. <laughs> there you go. Now, wait, wait, do you plan very carefully the arc for the season, or do you just kind of sit down and... I don't. I just, like, shit it out of my brain, <laughs> basically. It just... It, it's, like... Oh, man, like anybody asking me about how my writing process is makes me seem like I'm the biggest boner in the entire (laughs) world. Because really, I sit down. There was one episode I wrote. It is episode 12, actually. I wrote it because I was at work one day and I found this measuring tape, uh, just a little tiny measuring tape that some client had given us. And I'd shake it and it sounded like a whole bunch of mice. Oh, weird. And I was like, oh, that's a perfect Foley thing. So I went around creeping people out, shaking this thing. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to write an episode where a whole bunch of mice burst into the pub and, and 
destroy everything and and freak everybody out just because I found this thing and then I'll write some bullshit off the top and it'll slowly become uh, like I tend to just write from uh, just right out of my head to the beginning yeah and then I'll find something that I think should be a key thing we talk about and I'll write it at the bottom of the page I need to hearken back to this and I'll keep those five to ten things that I think should all sum up at the end and then in the last couple days of me writing it I have this horrible time where I think I'm the biggest loser in the world and I don't know how to do this anymore because I can't figure out how to put all these things together. And then lightning strikes and I figure out how this perfect thing could happen where all these different storylines make sense that they go together. Then I go back and kind of fix it all up at the end. But really, it's I think the key to writing is just goddamn do it. Sit down and get it done. Yeah. Do you uh, find that it gets easier when you're writing about the same characters too? Because yeah, you kind, of, kind of find their rhythms yeah. and their voice. It was, it, was, and... it was really tough off the beginning when I didn't know who everybody was. I was kind of, I, I wrote them around people I know because you should write stuff that you know. Yeah. So the, each character kind of started that way in episode number one. But then as I moved forward and I found things that I liked them to be able to do, uh, that had to be added in, so it went back. So it was good to be able to write a whole season before I really did produce yeah. much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, and now at the beginning of season two, writing that, it's way easy. I know that this guy says something perverted. This guy's bad at being a nurse. You know, <laughs> the jokes are there, ready to go. <laughs> now, when, when you had your actors come in and, and, and record with you, you said they were reading right off the script. Did, did they, did they, are they contributing to the characters, like other than the, the voice and the inflection and all that? Do they have ideas when they, when they go through the script and they kind of want to change things up? Or? Uh, not so much with the, like, the plot of things we're going, but that they will change up their obscenities sometimes, sure. basically. Yeah, the, the lines will change. We'll like something better. There's probably a lot of times if you listen through the series where you'll hear there's not a lot of acting going on where you just hear there's a big <laughs> natural laugh just because we enjoyed what happened, but it fits really well with the show. So oh, that's great. That's the, the kind of organic things that are really fun that pop up. Cool. And I, I don't know if that's really noticeable to people that don't know us, but I know playing it for people that know each of the people, like, I know you guys were just being assholes there. Yeah, that was not in the script. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys were, you guys were literally typecast for this. It's awesome. And so you said you want to write... You want to write horror, and you have a zombie sitcom idea. There is an idea for that that I I have a few shelved right now. Yeah. Uh, the zombie one, uh, which I kind of gave up on a little bit just because I'm seeing there's so much zombie stuff out now. I love zombie stuff, but it might be a little overkill. The so idea yeah. for the... I have strong feelings about the oversaturation of yeah, zombies so in our culture. Yeah. That, that one's kind of fairly shelved right now, but the idea for that one was going to be around two friends that have been looking forward to the zombie apocalypse for a very long time. Because I kind of feel that way a lot of days, that it would be kind of awesome if the zombie apocalypse happened. Yeah. I got my plans. I got let's, the shit Let's that change I do. this up. Like, this, this shit's boring. This why is cars it, yeah, driving why past. Why is it a bad thing? I don't have to go to work tomorrow. How <laughs> great is that? I can kill with impunity. The worst thing that would happen Zombies. is if you yeah. just get bitten early. I'd feel so ripped off. Yeah, same here. That would be a complete joke. And let's be fair. Everybody assumes they're going to be one of the survivors of the zombie apocalypse, but then there would be no zombies. Yeah. Most of us will be zombies. My plan is to be king of the zombies. <laughs> See, I'm just, I'm already planning to be in charge of the winning side. There's a different, yeah, Ooh, you know wow. And because the zombies obviously will win because there are more zombies. I suppose. And I'm just assuming I will be bit. I wouldn't know what to do if I survived. So you'd just be running right into the horde. Going, Basically. <laughs> take, take me. I am I, your Christ now. <laughs> I am one of you. <laughs> but what if they rip you to pieces? Well... Then I'd be zombie pieces. Yeah, oh, that's so. a problem. Yeah, actually, you do have to get away for a bit. You need to have the initial bite. That's true. And then you have to go off to become a zombie. Or okay I find it. out how the zombies originated and just, like, drink the plague virus or jump on the radioactive meteor or whatever. So while everyone else Sounds is looking... Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> well, it's less work than surviving just, from a zombie well, I mostly just want to hang out in a Costco and lead, eat <laughs> those big buckets of cheesies. Oh, I think that's, that's the good and time. Once, the so apocalypse. once the cheesies run out, you're basically ready to embrace yeah, the zombie. Yeah, what's the point then? There when you, you think like you, if, you, if you're going to go to a Costco or something, there's going to be all the power is going to go out. So all the freezers are going to stop working. So you're the first few days, huge fucking barbecue, just like great big oh, then hot things dogs. start to smell. Then things really start to smell. Yeah. So many, so many. There's got to be a generator in the in the Costco. I'm not the one to figure out how to run it, but I assume somebody will be there. Okay. Yeah, and you'll just be there barking orders at people. Yeah, exactly. Make a mistake. I'd like to be in charge. Yeah, I get that generator going. What's the matter with you? <laughs> you know will, what the, where's my be... foot long? <laughs> His job is leader. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so at the same time that Adam goes to find patient zero to eliminate the zombies, 
you'll be going to find patient zero to become the king of the zombies. Basically, yeah. I think there's now, something, now there's I think there's something here. Right yeah, there. That's there you right. go. That's right. <laughs> and you guys were previously best friends. I think I'm actually just describing the plot of the J.J. Abrams show Revolution right now. That is also very like Basically yes. the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you're working on season two. When do you think people are going to start to hear episodes from that one? Are you, you're not in a rush. I don't know. To be honest, like two weeks ago, I didn't think I was going to do any more at all. Really? I, I thought I was going to do a one-off season. And then, to be honest, when I listened to episode 12 and I was in this weird thing that I'd never felt before was happening. Which was? Pride. No. <laughs> I, I've, I've never known it before. Don't, don't you know that that's a deadly sin? <laughs> it took it's a true. while. It to, is the deadliest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took a while to recognize I've never felt it before. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have a boner when I listen to my own? That's a pride boner right there. <laughs> yeah, I had to go to the doctor and she was like, yeah, that looks like <laughs> a pride boner. lasted more than an hour. <laughs> they had so to get I went it, and it, they, consulted a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, they had to get it drained. <laughs> I drank the fluid <laughs> and then I... Don't you know? Metamorphosized. You're, ne- you're never a, supposed to do that. No. No. Oh. They just, advise against it. Just keep writing. Season two is gonna be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> What's wrong with these episodes? Adam drained his pride. <laughs> you're supposed to keep it through the entire writing process <laughs> yeah, and stroke right. it the whole time. <laughs> that's so just writing with one hand. I got really good at typing with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is happening. A special keyboard. <laughs> Fun fact. Yes. You can type more words just using your left hand than you can with your right hand. My God. The way that the QWERTY keyboard was laid out. <laughs> it was designed you know for what? chronic <laughs> masturbators. No, it was designed when someone had their own pride boner. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, I invented something called a laptop, <laughs> a keyboard. <laughs> Look at this. How, why are you putting Q and U, W, it shouldn't be in order? No. I got to hold my dick with the other hand. <laughs> like, that's the only way this works. <laughs> so you're not in a rush. Uh, you, it sounds like... Um, but but it sounds like you're excited to, to get on with it. Yeah, I got a huge r- list of ideas for it. I just cool. got to throw them into a thing and, and find times to do them, to, to write them. And the will time, you, finding the time is the toughest part. Yeah. Are you going to be a little bit more, uh, excuse me, are you going to be a little bit more ambitious with the production? That is to say, more outside the pub kind of stuff, new characters? That that's that's the funny thing. Like, I, I really like the outside the pub stuff because I get to flex my production uh, side. Uh there's two schools of people that, that I've had listen to it. There are people that really enjoy the episodes that are completely, mostly within the pub and just the uh, the, the chatter that goes on there mm-hmm. and then having little quick uh, breakaway scenes of the stories, maybe two of those adding up to three or four minutes. There's people that love those. And then there's people that really like the ones where it's like, uh, at the end of the season, there are two or three episodes that are completely out of the pub and are just completely a huge uh, production corner cool. <laughs> that's wicked yeah so, so it's a matter of kind of finding the balance yeah it's finding the balance and uh, it, it's cool that there are two different types it would suck if i had made those big production pieces and, and nobody like, liked them. and we're like what's that shit in a way it would have been kind of good because i'm like i guess i won't make that though those are really hard to make but uh i think yeah there's the balance between them maybe i'll stay in the same form where some are mostly within the pub maybe i'll do some where uh they are completely out again or maybe it's just like like you say that balance yeah well, that's really know. exciting. That's very exciting. I'll yeah. do whatever I want, I guess, at the end. <laughs> people listen great. Yeah. And people can download the show from iTunes. Uh, yeah, it's on iTunes. I don't know how to do that, to be honest. How, how did you do it? Uh, my wife got it on there. All you need is an RSS feed. I, I, I kind of don't know what that is, but I, we have one, and yes. you can get it. Thank goodness for your wife. <laughs> yeah. You're... It's on SoundCloud, too. You yeah. can listen to it there. Yeah. So thepubradioseries.com. Give it a listen. It's really funny, and it is really raunchy yeah it's you you it, it's gonna offend a lot of people it's okay to not like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not it's, for everybody it's not for everybody there's supposed to be a lot of people that really hate it my mom won't listen to it no, no. and truthfully if it's for anyone it's for you you yeah. did it you did it yeah. for you it amused me yeah and luckily it's amused a lot of people along the way which is <laughs> which is really the miracle that's exactly what you need <laughs> that's awesome we should take uh some time now yes. as we approach the end of our show to uh, ask some questions of Adam. You mean, Not you, Adam, the other Adam. You mean more questions? Yes, you but, mean... but specific questions. Questions we've asked many people before. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, of course, referring to the Fast 50. Oh, the Fast 15. This is my favorite part of the show. Nice. I invented this the first time we had Don Iveson on the show, which was... His first year as a city councilor. 
And now he's a real person. And now he is, he is really coming <laughs> to is, his own. He's the dark he, overlord uh, of the city. He reached level 35, and he evolved. He found Excalibur and pulled it out of that rock. And now, <laughs> and apparently your prize for that is to run the fifth largest city in Canada. Yep. That's so that's, that's great. But this is called the Fast 15, Adam, and the way it works is this. We ask 15 questions of all of our guests. The first 13, the same questions across all guests. The last two are tailor-made for you, my friend. Mm, that's exciting. And we like to do it fast. I can feel the pride boner starting. <laughs> it, never, it never ends up happening fast, but we try to do it It's fast. true. Scott, you need to find a sound effect for the pride boner. Anyway. <laughs> I'll make one. <laughs> you got a pretty hard table here. Here we go. <laughs> there it is. The pride boner and the Fast 15 with Adam Miguel. Number one, your favorite food. Favorite food, meat. Uh, number two, your favorite color. Orange. Mac, PC, or Linux? I don't PC. I don't know what a Linux is. Is that a, that's a cat, isn't it? No, it might be. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a majestic big cat. It's an elusive cat. Actually, I'll take the elusive cat. Uh, and in fact, our next question is: dogs or cats? Uh, well, dogs. <laughs> dogs. Fair enough. Coffee or tea? My cat's gonna be so upset when she hears it. <laughs> Neither. I do not drink warm liquids, and that includes soups. Are you serious? Yeah. They burn my mouth, man. Who's? Why are people drinking this stuff? Well, they wait for it to cool delicious. off a bit. No way. It burns the whole carpet of your tongue, and then you cry, and then you look like a big asshole in front of everybody. <laughs> it's true. So coffee. No tea. hot liquids. Screw them no. both. No iced coffees. No iced teas. No. No. Stunt my growth. Your uh, favorite holiday? Uh, Australia. Oh. How long did you go? Uh, which time? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, the first time. Three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Did you surf? Uh, not there. Were you murdered by all of the murderous monsters that live on that continent that was put far away from human civilization for a reason? I almost got killed by a cane toad. There you go. That's kind of the same thing. Actually, it was nowhere near. I could have picked it up and died, but I didn't. <laughs> that's that's as close as my dangerous story. Comes. That's awesome. What about your favorite sport? Hockey. Uh, your favorite pastime? Pastime. Um, writing radio shows. That makes sense. Yeah. Your favorite music right now? Favorite music? Uh, I like Americana type music. Ooh, like Springsteen? No, no, no. I guess the you know Lumineers would be Americana kind yeah. of. Yeah, you know they're 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 British, but Mumford and Sons would kind of fit in with. It's kind of folky. Yeah, you know, I don't know what to call it. I like that. No, yeah. that's good. What about your favorite movie these days? Favorite movie? You know what? I watched Walter Mitty last night. And it was fantastic. Really? Yeah. With Ben Stiller? Yeah, it was really good, and I know he usually sucks. Yeah. Did you see it and you hate it no, already? I haven't seen it, but I, I no, he I doesn't do the it. awkward comedy crap in it. Oh, good. It's just a, it, it fills your heart with joy for adventure. I love that. Uh, what about your favorite video game? Uh, Star Fox. <laughs> nice, <laughs> old school. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. Uh, two dicks. That is definitely a <laughs> superpower. Super <laughs> yeah. yeah, that harkens to the show too. And uh, you can really you become an expert ski polar that way. <laughs> yeah, you could have a double pride bonus. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of tables would get destroyed that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, uh, do we have to choose? That is a good question. No one has ever asked us. Why that. do people have to be so dicks about which one's right? They're both good. They're along a, a continuum. But if you had to pick one. <laughs> You know what? I'm kind of mad at Star Wars with how they screwed everything up in the past. So let's give the edge to Star Trek. Yeah, but Star Trek has screwed up a lot of stuff in the past, too. Let's yeah, but I didn't pay as much attention to it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's <laughs> reasonable. That's reasonable. less popular, yeah. There, yeah. and therefore harder to watch them screw up. We're on to your wild card questions. Mm. Aside from your own, what's your favorite radio uh, web series or radio series? Oh, um, I like, let's see, Dark Fantasy. Ooh. Is that is that what it's called? Yeah, it sounds really really lame actually the the name of it, but it's a really nice scary one from the forties. Is that is that something that uh, people could access online? Uh, yeah, I think you could go to archive.org. Most of the old radio sh old time radio shows are that's for awesome. free there. No dark way, fantasy. Yeah. Dark and, fantasy. And and if you were to describe the kind of horror, is it like suspenseful horror? Is it like ghosts? Uh, yeah, it's more paranormal than okay. the, the thing that always pissed me off with old radio shows. 
uh, in the horror. There'd be some good horror, but they always explain it away with truth and stuff. Like, uh, oh, no, like they Scooby-Doo it, you know? Yeah. It, it never anything happened, but with Dark Fantasy, it was actually, yeah, that was a poltergeist, and, and it raped your face. Oh, wow. Face-raping poltergeists. Mm -hmm. Those are the worst. That might not actually be an episode, just, <laughs> just so nobody gets too excited. Yeah. <laughs> and the last wild card question, what is the best thing about or resulting from the pub so far? Huh. The Pride Boner. The Pride Boner is definitely, that is objectively the best thing that has happened <laughs> as a result. That was a fast 15. It's happening it's <laughs> right now. Oh, God. I think it just touched my leg. <laughs> yeah, the show's not over until you guys deal with it. <laughs> Get me a hammer. Uh, that was the fast 15 with Adam Miguel. Was it fast enough? It was it, one of probably the, the fastest ones, one. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So we should just call People it. People are always saying that about things I do. <laughs> that was incredibly fast. Yeah, that pride boner vanished. Yeah. immediately. Uh, yeah, it was great to have you on the show. Yeah, it was great to be here, guys. Um, right. We wish you all the success, and hopefully, uh, one or two of our listeners maybe thought that it sounded funny. And yeah, and hopefully, and that they should go and listen to the whole series. Yeah, I guess they could if they want. It's yeah. there. <laughs> and we were uh, we were mentioning uh, some uh, awards earlier as well. And if you enjoy pub radio, it would be eligible. Yes, to for win, the Yeggies. To win so, a Yeggie. uh, by all means, uh, if you enjoy it and you think that it deserves some recognition, maybe nominate the Pub Radio. And Do if it. you don't like it, you can go to the pubradioseries.com and go to the complaints section. Ooh, I'm going to see that right now. Send one in right there. Oh, there's a form. Yeah. You can fill out the form and complain your heart away. Mm -hmm. Complain it away. <laughs> complaints welcome. Awesome. Give it a listen the pubradioseries.com. You can follow Adam on Twitter. Yep. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> At Adam McGale. That Pretty is simple, very eh? easy. That's <laughs> it's my name. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, not Adam McHale. No. That is a different person. A different, worse person. Yeah, he cannot get boners at all. No, that's he's told me that in confidence many <laughs> times. That's what I heard. <laughs> I don't feel any pride. No, ever. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, guys. Take care. You've been listening to the Unknown Studio, episode ninety-three. Our guest, Adam McHale. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Hey, Adam. Hey, Scott. Fuck, what? Hey, try that again.